You're listening to the Church on the Move Roswell podcast. We hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Thanks for listening. Let's check it out. Would you throw with me to Isaiah chapter 43 tonight? Isaiah chapter 43. We're going to look here. We're going to talk about the seasons in our lives. You know, the Word of God tells us that there's a season for everything. In the Old Testament, it tells us there's a season, and it goes on and it lists pretty much everything you'll ever encounter in life, right? Season of peace and war, a season of time to rejoice, and a season of time to grieve. Like, God understands that we are on an earth that is broken, and it's not perfect, so he knows we're going to go through some stuff. But we all have some seasons that are very common to all of us. We all go through these same three seasons in life that we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about our past, our present, and our future. We all experience those seasons in our lives. And God has a purpose for those seasons in our lives. And we're going to jump into that and find out what those are all about. So in Isaiah chapter 43 and starting in verse uh, 16, it says, This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Now, he's quoting something that's already happened. So this has happened in the past already. And the prophet here is speaking to the people in present. But he's speaking to them about their past. And he goes on and says, forget the former things. In other words, that, that happened, and we know it happened. And there's a reason that it happened. But we're not stuck there. That wasn't the last miracle that God was going to do. That's not the last time that God was going to move in their lives. So he goes on and says, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen. So God's speaking through the prophet, prophet and he's saying, look, these great things happen. Don't live in the past, but learn the lessons that the past provided you. That's what the past is for. The past is to learn from. That's all the past is for. It's just to learn from. When we go through something, we should learn either that was a good lesson or a bad lesson. And a lot of people, they want to stay in the past, whether their past was good or bad. You know, some people live in the good old days of high school or whatever they experienced that they felt like was better in their life that's happening right now. Or some people think, man, my past was horrible, and look how it's affected me now. I went through this, and so now I'm here. Well, no, that's not what the past is for at all. If we're living like that, we're missing the point of what we've gone through. And we're missing the point of what God wants to do because we've gone through those things. The past is for learning. But some people make that their focus. It's not just an experience. It's not just a lesson. It becomes their focus. And when your focus is on the past, you can't see where you're going, right? You can't see where you're at. How many Short videos, TikToks have we seen where people aren't looking where they're going and then they run smack into a pole or a sign or a, you know, if you're not looking where you're going, that's what's gonna happen to you. My dad used to always always tell me two things about not seeing where I was going. He always told me, he said, boy, 
You better put your mind in gear before you put your butt in motion. So think before you act. And he used to tell me, if you're looking at where you've been, you're not seeing where you're going. And those were great lessons that my dad taught me. If if you're looking where you've been, you're not seeing where you're going. And if you're not seeing where you're going, not only are you putting yourself at the possibility of risk, but you're putting other people at the possibility of risk, right? Texting and driving has become the real pandemic in our nation. It's not COVID, right? The real pandemic in our nation is that people aren't paying attention when they're behind the wheel now. And, and you see it everywhere, right? We all pull up, we all pull up next to people. I was doing a, a ride along with one of my buddies one time and uh, he just started uh, beeping his horn and flashing his lights at people who were on their phone. And I was like, holy cow, this guy could do this all day long. You know, and he was just bringing people back to what they should be paying attention to instead of their focus being shifted somewhere else. But don't get it wrong. Just because we're not focused on the past doesn't mean that we don't need to give some attention to the past. So how do we give attention to the past? We should give attention to the past just like the Bible tells us to. The Bible tells us to give memorial to the past so when good things have happened, we don't forget what God did, right? It also tells us that when things happen in the past, that we press on from that. So at times, we're moving quickly away from the past. So if it's impacted you negatively, man, you wanna move away from the past as fast as you can. And your past might be yesterday, your past might be a week ago, your past might be a month ago or two years ago. Whatever it is that, that thing that has affected you or, or maybe that you need to remember, it might be close in your past or it might be far in your past. But we have to deal with it. We have to deal with the past. Let's learn the lessons from the past and move on. Living isn't for the past. Living is for the present. And that's what we're gonna talk about next is the present. So the future is to learn from. The present is for living. The past is for learning. The present's for living. So the Bible tells us a lot about living. You know, we, we talk to a lot of people and a lot of times people are like, you know, I don't know what to do next. Um, you know, I've got this situation in front of me and I don't know the decision to make. You know, they're, they're doing the right thing. They're, they, they come for godly counsel. Just like many people in your life come to you for godly counsel. Well, where do we direct them? Because we're all full of opinions, right? We've all got opinions about what someone should do. And sometimes our opinions are very wrong. Most of the time, I have to check my flesh before I give somebody an answer because, um, you know, you guys are my church family, and when I find out that somebody's, like, treated you wrong or done you wrong, I'm like, it makes me mad. And I'm like, well, what you should do is just go slap them across the face and, you know, tell them this thing and that thing. Well, that's not what the Word of God is telling you to do, so we shouldn't be given opinions. The Word of God tells us what to do. The Word of God tells us how to live. So the first point that the Word of God tells us to make, and if you would turn with me uh, to Psalm chapter 37, the first point that the Word of God tells us in order to live right, to live in our present, is to get to know God. Now, a lot of people come to church, and they come to church to come to church. And I'm glad they come to church. And tonight, if you have come to church just to come to church, and maybe not necessarily to get to know God, I hope that this is the thing that ends up touching your heart from this message tonight. Because coming to church is so much more 
than, than coming to see your friends or even coming to get a good feeling. You know, I hear these buzzwords all the time, you know, positive vibes, you know, pray that positive things happen for me. Well, I'm not gonna pray that positive things happen for you because that's not what the word of God says, right? We're not gonna pray just for positive things to happen because by the end of the day, that positive thing is gonna be in your past and you can't live on that. So if we learn from the past and we're gonna live in the present, we have to know how to do that. And the first way that we do that is we get to know God. Why is it important to get to know God? Psalm chapter 37 and verses four and five says this. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. Now, I wanna, I wanna pause right here uh, because I really enjoy life. There are a lot of things in life that I really enjoy. Man, I love my family. I love spending time with my family. I love being here at church and spending time with my church family. I really enjoy a good steak or a greasy cheeseburger and, and sweet potato fries. There are a lot of things that I really enjoy. There are a lot of things I like to watch on TV. I like those things, but they are not the utmost pleasure of my life. My wife and I had this conversation before she was my wife when we were dating. I'll never forget we were cruising down Union and uh, we were talking about the possibility of our future together and we had this conversation and we both voiced to each other that we would never be the first love of each other's lives that there would always be someone before both of us. And that someone would always be Jesus. He is the passion of my life. I know he is the passion of my wife's life. That's how I know that my wife is gonna be good to me no matter what happens. Because she's living to serve, serve someone who's greater than me. Right, I'll let her down because I'm imperfect. And maybe sometimes I'll skip doing chores to run down to Dairy Queen and get me an ice cream. There are things that I'm gonna do to choose myself sometimes. But Jesus is never gonna choose himself. And there are times that she'll choose herself. And that maybe I'm counting on her and she lets me down. So if we live for each other in the moment just to get to know one another, if we live just to get to know each other, well, my church family's always there for me. This person's always there for me. There's gonna be a time when that person's not there for you. That's why it's the most important thing in our life to get to know our heavenly father. He has to be the utmost delight and pleasure of our lives. And when he is, verse four goes on to say, and he will provide for you what you desire most. So this is the deal, this is crazy. Because God's like, if you'll put me first, then I'll give you the thing that's most important to you here. So God doesn't ignore the fact that we're gonna enjoy things in this life. He doesn't ignore the fact that we're gonna love people in this life in a way that, that they're, they're, they're part of us, right? Like, they're part of who we are. God doesn't ignore that. He says, if you'll put me first, if, if you'll make me the desire of, of your life, I'll give you what it is that you desire the most. Isn't God incredible the way that he loves us? You ever had anybody else tell you that that can follow through? Right, I'm sure we've all had people tell us something like that. I'll always be there for you, I'll always love you. I'll always, I'll always, I'll always. 
but we're not capable of always. We're capable of most of the time. We're capable of doing our best, but our best is a far cry from what God's best is. He's perfect. So it goes on in verse five and it says, give God the right to direct your life. I love this. Give God the right to direct your life. I made this statement often in my life and sometimes people look at me kind of like, man, are you, are you blasphemous? Do you even know my God? Because I'll say that there's something that's more powerful than the power of God in your life. And that something is your will. Because God can want to bless and he can want to do and he can want to heal and he can want to help. But if you decide that you don't want to let him do those things, he's not going to do those things. So you've just usurped his power. You've just kept him from moving in your life. I've just kept him from moving in my life if I do that. And so it says here, give God the right to direct your life. He has the power, but he needs the right. You need to give him permission to move in your life. How do we do that? What verse four tells us, make him the utmost desire of our life. That's how we give God the right. And it goes on in verse five, give God the right to direct your life. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find he pulled it off perfectly. So we're living in the present now, right? We're making decisions so we get to know God and that helps us to make decisions. How do I know how to respond in situations that arise that I've never dealt with before or responded to before? It's simple. I find out what my God would do. I find out what my God would tell me to do and that's what I do. I've never experienced certain things before, so when they come up, it's the first time, and I'm like, well, what does the Bible say about that? What should I do? I go get godly counsel from someone. How do I get to know God? By reading the Bible, by coming to church, and by hanging out with other Christians who know God. Right, and we have those conversations together, and we, and we learn, and he teaches us who he is. Because as, as much as we want a relationship with God, he wants a relationship with us more. And how do I know that to be true? Because none of us sacrificed our son to be in relationship with him. None of us had something good enough to give him to be in relationship with him. But he sacrificed what to him probably amounts to everything. What matters more to any of us than our children? Right? Nothing. Nothing matters more. Nothing matters more to us than the people that, that, that we love. I mean, Jesus said it. He said, I, I call down angels right now and destroy this whole place. Like, and take care of all y'all right now and I, I won't have to die. That's how much God loved Jesus. Jesus knew he had the authority to do that. But their love for us was so great because he wanted us to be able to have that relationship where we could desire him so much and make him the boss of our life and give him the right to direct our life he wanted that so much so he could bless us, not only in this life, but the next. Man, it's what God wants so bad. So we have to get to know him. What's the second thing that we do in order to live life? Well, the second thing we have to do is not to worry. So here's the deal. We get in relationship with God. All of us have done this, right? We answer the altar call. We pray. We give our life to the Lord. Somebody prays with us. We give our life to Jesus and we start serving God. 
And we start to make, man, we, we start reading the Bible, we go to church, we don't miss church, we're hanging out. Um, you know, some of you throwing out all the Tupac CDs back in the day. Um, you know, like whatever it took, whatever your step was to really make a difference in your relationship with God, right? And we do those things and we start to really get to know him. And then some time, go, time goes by. And our human nature kicks in, our fallen nature. And we stop pursuing him every day. And we stop getting to know him so much every day. And so our passion starts to dwindle. Our passion doesn't dwindle because of how good he is to us. Our passion starts to dwindle because we're fallen. So who's the one that has to make that adjustment? That's us, right? That's on us. We have to make the adjustment and continue to pursue and pursue and pursue them. If you've ever worked out, if you've ever, you know, been a part of athletics, if you've ever uh, had a job, we know that the most productive times, the times that mean the most to us in our growth are the times that we don't want to be there and we show up anyway. Like, if I ask my wife, hey, you want to, and I would never ask my wife this because it's basically man suicide, but if I asked her on a Saturday, do you want to go to Hobby Lobby, which would never happen, I would not ask her if she wanted to go to Hobby Lobby with me, um, but if I asked her if she wanted to go to Hobby Lobby, hey, that's no problem. She's, she is right there by my side for the next 17 hours or however long Hobby Lobby is open, right? And you guys laugh, but y'all know that you have spent entire days wasting I shouldn't say wasting because it wasn't a waste to your, to your wife. But we, you've spent a whole day at Hobby Lobby before, right? Uh, Jared's a liar. He said no. I know that his wife has hauled him right down to Hobby Lobby. Um, send me pictures next time that uh, Jillian takes you down to Hobby Lobby. Um, so it's no big deal for my wife to go to Hobby Lobby with me, right? But if I, if I asked her, I said, hey, uh, do you want to go out and do something that she wouldn't enjoy doing with me? And she says, yes. Now that really means something to me, right? Because I know she's making a sacrifice to go. You're not making a sacrifice to go to Hobby Lobby. It's what she wanted to do already. But if I said, will you sit here on the couch with me and watch football for the next seven hours and not be on your phone watching TikTok or some nail tutorial, right? Where she could distract herself. That would be a sacrifice for her. And that would really matter. So the best times that we have to serve God are the times where we don't feel like it. And this is a problem that the church has globally now because it's become such a big part of our culture that if it doesn't feel good, you don't do it. And that's such a mistake that we all make. If it doesn't feel good, if you don't want to go, don't go. You know, if that's not what you want to do, don't go do that thing. Well, that's not always the right answer. And certainly in our Christianity, that's not the right answer. There are times when God asks us to go do things that makes our flesh miserable. But all of you sitting out there know as well as I do that when we go do what God asks us to do, even when we don't, we, we don't wanna do it, we see the best results from him. Right? You think the pastors on staff always wanna get out at three o'clock in the morning and go pray with people down at the hospital? Nope, the flesh don't, right? That's not what people want to do. They don't want to get out of bed. But I can't tell you how many times we've gone to minister uh, to people, to some of you in this room, and it's been like, we've seen breakthrough 
because of that. We've built relationships. Some of, the, some of the best friends that I have in this church have been because I showed up when they were going through a hard time, and you know when you go to war together, you click, right? You start clicking with someone. And so if I would have just listened to my flesh because it didn't feel good and I didn't want to go, first of all, I wouldn't still have a job because pastor would been like, what do you mean you didn't answer the on-call phone and didn't go down to the hospital when somebody wanted you to pray with them, right? But I would miss out on this whole other aspect of life where we get to go through things together. So we can't settle and just not do things because we don't feel like doing them. When you get to know God, you find out that you do a lot of things that you don't necessarily feel like doing. But man, do they benefit you. Do they benefit you? Philippians chapter four and verse six says this. This is one of my go-to scriptures. Um, if you've ever met with me for any reason, uh, we have probably talked about this scripture because this scripture goes through my mind I don't know how many times a day. I think about this scripture all the time. Um, through verse 10, I think about, but we're just gonna read verse six here. It says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. Why do I think about this scripture so often? Because by my fallen nature, I'm the kind of person that would worry about things. Because I think about things all the time. My mind never, never really shuts off. Like it just goes all the time. And I have a lot of people that I care about. And my mind naturally wants to worry about those things. So I'm constantly having to, I'm sure some of you are constantly having to, some of you have more laid back personalities and maybe you don't worry as much and that's awesome. Praise God for that. I'm so excited for you. Uh, I hope to get there one day where you're at. But man, I have to think about this scripture a lot. It says, don't be worried about a thing, not one thing. There's nothing that we should worry about. Why? Well, first of all, because worrying never fixes anything. Worrying about something never fixes anything. You have never solved one problem by worrying about it. You solved issues by doing something about it. You've solved issues by praying about it. You solved issues by talking about it and communicating about it, but you've never solved an issue by worrying about it. So the Bible just says explicitly, don't worry about anything. You can worry all you want to, and you're not gonna add a day to your life, a moment of happiness to yourself or to somebody else. And it goes on and says, be saturated in prayer throughout each day. So it immediately addresses that and tells us what to do. This is how we live in the present. We start to worry, what do we do? Saturate that thing in prayer. Just start talking to God about it. And let me tell you, because we hear this a lot too, I don't, I don't know how to pray. Well, you're, sit, you're sitting here talking to me, so you know how to pray. You just talk to God. God doesn't need fancy speech to understand you, right? He created us. So all you have to do is tell God how you're feeling and what you want to change. What do you mean tell him how I'm feeling? Well, just tell him that you're grateful for him. Always start with thanking God for the good stuff. Right? That's, that's the very first thing that Jesus said in, in the Lord's Prayer whenever he was teaching people how to pray. To pray. My Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In other words, God, you're awesome. You're incredible. You're amazing. There's nobody like you. So we thank God for being who he is first. 
and we thank him for the good things in our life, and then we just start talking to him. God knows how we feel about things, but he wants to hear it from us. You can tell when your kids are going through stuff, right? When your kids are having a bad day, but you still want them to talk to you about it. How much better does it feel as a parent when you can tell something's really bugging one of your kids and they come to you and they're like, mom, dad, you know, this is going on at school or, you know, I got into this problem or this issue and I don't know how to fix it. You know, I I want this to be different in my life. How do I do it? Those are the same conversations that we should be having with our Heavenly Father. And then when he speaks, we do what he says. Because how many of you drives you crazy when your kids come to you for that advice and you give them advice that you know has worked because you failed at that thing a hundred times and been successful 25 times and you tell them this is what works and then they go away and they don't do that thing. Right? So let's not do that to God. That frustrates us. It's got to frustrate him because he's perfect. All this stuff is his idea. He's perfect. So we're getting to know God. We're not worrying about things. Then it goes on and says, be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God. So again, God's teaching us how we get to know him right here through not worrying. How do we ask God for things? We ask him in faith. God doesn't want us to bring pipe dreams to him. In other words, I really don't believe that you're gonna do this for me, God. I'm not really ready or willing to turn this area of my life over to you. I'm not doing this in faith, but I'm gonna ask you for it and just hope it's gonna happen. That's not what God wants us to do. He wants us to learn from our past who he is, get to know him, and apply this to our lives whenever he tells us not to worry. Amen? Offering faithful requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Tell him every detail of your life. I love that. God knows how many hairs are on your head. Some of you, that's a short count. I'm not going to say any names, but he was sure talking about Hobby Lobby earlier. Uh, I love Jared. He's a great friend of mine. Some of that's a short count for God. He doesn't have to keep up with a lot of us, right? Um, But God knows every single little thing about us. He knows it all, but he still wants to hear it from you. Why? Because he's looking. It's not that he needs to hear it so he knows that about you. He wants to hear it so that you're being intimate with him. Think about the person right now that you tell everything to. The person that you tell everything to is the person that you're closest to. And that's why God says, tell me every detail of your life because I want you to get to know me. Because when we get to know him, everything changes. When we get to know him, coming to church is a different experience than coming to church when we're not knowing him. Coming to church becomes more productive than just getting by until the next church service, right? And that's just maturity. And if you're at the place where you're just getting by to the next church service, that's okay. Keep coming until you get to know God where it's not. Like, don't be deterred by that. We're all at different places in our lives. But don't worry about anything. So the past, that's for learning. The present is for living. The way that we live is we get to know God we don't worry. And then the third thing, we're going to look in 2 Timothy chapter 3. The third thing is we are going to make good decisions. 
This is probably the most difficult part of what we're going to talk about tonight. At least it is for me. Maybe for you guys this is super simple and, and uh, maybe you should be up here instead of me if that's the case. If it's easy for you just to make good decisions, you can do the right thing all the time, then praise God, we will put saint before your name and let you, you know, let you do whatever. You can name the bathrooms after the church after you or whatever. Um, makes you feel special. But man, making good decisions, this is where the rubber meets the road. This is where all the discipline of our flesh and the getting to know God and spending time with him, this is where we apply all that. Now don't forget, if you don't take the time to start living your life by getting to know the Father and by not worrying about these things, automatically you're gonna default to not making good decisions because you're gonna pull from a source other than him. And you know that's a knock on all of us. When we make decisions outside of God's word, then we pay the price outside of God's word. And that's never fun for any of our lives. That's not what we wanna do. So we have to live God's way to experience God's blessing, right? So 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 tells us, and 17, every scripture has been inspired by the Holy Spirit, the breath of God. It will empower you by its instruction and correction. See, our good decisions are made by what the word of God propels us to do, gives us the power to do. <coughs> Excuse me. Giving you the strength to take the right direction and lead you deeper into the path of godliness. I love the way that this scripture says, that, says this because all of us always have an opportunity to go deeper into the path of godliness that's before us. No matter where you are right now in your life, there's an opportunity for, for you to go deeper into the goodness of God. And I, I love the way the scripture says this because it doesn't leave any kind of uh, false idea that you can attain like perfection or you finally get there. Nobody has gotten there except for Jesus and that cost him his life, right? He was the only one who ever got there. He's the only one who ever walked this earth completely perfect, sinless, went through all the struggle, all the temptation that was thrown at him, and he passed it with flying colors. Never failed. Well, we have failed. And so what do we have to do? We have to turn to scripture like this and allow all the scripture that's inspired by the Holy Spirit, which is the breath of God, to empower us, instruct us, and correct us, giving us the strength to take the right direction and lead us closer to God, deeper into the path of godliness. Verse 17 says, then you will be God's servant, fully mature and perfectly prepared to fulfill any assignment God gives you. So we can be completely mature. We can even walk into, we can even be perfectly prepared to walk into situations that lay before us without being perfect. Why? Because when you get to know God, and you're just leaning on his understanding and doing things his way, even if you don't understand it and you don't get it, and you're like, well, this is what the Bible tells me to do, so this is what I'm gonna do, and you do this thing, and then it works out for you, well, you were perfectly prepared even though you yourself are perfect. That's how incredibly powerful the word of God is. It's that it's perfect in every situation. 
It'll help you get past anything. It'll help you overcome anything. It'll help you step into new situations. Doors will open for you that you never imagined could open for you. And you'll walk through them with a confidence and a grace that's not even you. It's beyond who you are because you're leaning on him. Because you've taken the time to get to know God. And you've worked on not worrying. Those things lead to making good decisions. You know how many times Jesus says, don't worry in the New Testament? Don't worry, I don't either, but it's a lot. <laughs> says it a bunch of times. Word of God says a lot of times, don't worry. Don't worry about it. Don't give your focus and thought to things that you can't change. Just put your focus on me. I'm sure all of you can think about your entire life like I can think about my life. And think about the fact that every time my focus was on God, I didn't trip. I didn't slip. I didn't hurt someone. I didn't make a mistake. But every time my focus wasn't on him, and it was on me or someone or something else, every time I tripped, I slipped, and I hurt other people. Because that's what, that's what happens when our focus isn't him. So the key to living and living in the present, you know, in life we get to experience things. That's what's incredible about this life is God lets us experience things that add value to us and to others. I mean, how, how many of you, I never, I never imagined growing up that I would get to be a part of feeding hundreds and thousands of veterans year after year after year. I never thought that I would get the opportunity to help build million dollar facilities for our children that the city can't compare to. I never thought that I would get to be a part of that. That was beyond the scope of my imagination because that's not how I grew up. Maybe some of you imagine those things in greater. Well, you better buckle up your seatbelt because if you're imagining something greater, God's gonna outdo that. But the fact that we can't dream these things up and conjure these things up in our own minds and they come to pass in our lives is a testament to how incredibly good God is and how much he loves us and how much he wants us to have a good experience in this life. Good experience isn't with, without trouble and up and down. It's not without those things. Man, I have had such a great experience being married to my wife. It's been an awesome experience. But it's probably come with some of the greatest ups and downs that I've ever, ever had. And the ups and downs haven't been between me and her. We get along great. It's other stuff that we deal with. You don't get to plan or think that your parents are both gonna pass away in a year like she did. That, that was a big thing that we had to experience and overcome. That we're still working to overcome, both of us. I never, I never imagined that whenever I married her, how close I would get to my son who was five years old when I met her. I've gotten to adopt him. Man, we have such a crazy good relationship. We spend more time together than they do. I'm sure sometimes she's like, man, that's great. He came into my life and took my son away from me. <laughs> They're off riding motorcycles and making noise and you know, hanging out at, at people's houses and you know, doing guy things. No, she loves it. She loves what's happened in Aiden's life. 
but I, I didn't imagine. I didn't know that the, the high was gonna be that high. I didn't know the lows were gonna be this low, but it's been an incredible experience. And through it all, because our focus has remained on Christ, man, we're soaring. We're soaring through it. I know many of you are soaring through it. I, I look out here, man, I see, I see people who have buried their children. You know, I see, I see people sitting in the, in the auditorium tonight that have buried their parents just this week. And I know that you're experiencing ups and downs too. I got to celebrate with someone sitting in here. They're building their dream home and they, they broke ground on that the other day and we got to bury a Bible in the dirt. Like, yeah, incredible experiences that we get to have in this life that God gives us because he loves us. But if we don't focus on him, if we don't keep our mind right, if we don't keep our, if we don't keep our, 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 um, our body, our spirit, and our soul focused on him, then we're gonna, miss, we're gonna miss on those things. It's amazing. So now let's talk about our future. So the future's a funny thing, right? Because none of you knows what yours looks like. We all know what our past looks like. We all know what our right now looks like. And none of us knows what our future holds. Now, God has given us some promises. We do know what's coming in the future. We know it's gonna be good, right? And from our life experience, because we learn from our past, we know that there are gonna be ups and downs in our future. We can also prepare for that. But none of us can tell each other what the next five years looks like in our lives. You can't tell me what the next month looks like in your life, and I can't tell you what mine looks like. I just know it's gonna be good. And I know that as long as I'm on this earth, Man, I'm gonna do my best to serve God at the highest level that I can. And I know that I'm gonna love my family. And I know that I'm gonna to try to serve people the best that I can. Right? You know what your future looks like like, like that, but you guys know where you'll be living in 15 years. Right? So the future is a funny thing. The future, as of right now, for all of us, is undetermined through our eyes, but through God's eyes, he knows what every second of every day looks like. And he doesn't know it because he's gonna make us do those things. He knows it because he's all-knowing, he's omnipotent. He's everywhere all the time, in the future, in the past, in the present, he knows. It's crazy to think about, right? Is anybody else's mind just going like on tilt, how that works? But this is what it says. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 55 and verses eight and nine. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, God says. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. So this is the crazy thing, okay? If you're locked into God and you're focused on him and you're dreaming about your future being this good, God's thoughts and ways are higher than that. If you're serving him and you're obeying him and you're giving him the right to direct your life, then whatever you're thinking about your future, it's gonna be better than that. Whatever desire it is that you're holding in your heart that you wanna see come to pass, God says, no, my thoughts and my ways are higher than your thoughts and your ways. Like you just think you understand what good feels like. 
You just think you understand what good looks like. God says, no, it's gonna be even better than that. He's the Ephesians 3.20 God. Far above what we can imagine, ask, think about, right? So we know that our future holds that if we'll do all these other things. So the reason for the season in your life that you're in and that you've experienced is pushing you to your future. You do know that your future doesn't end on the earth if Jesus is the Lord of your life. You do know that your future is for eternity in heaven. You do know that you're gonna experience things that our minds are incapable of comprehending here. But you gotta turn over everything to him. You have to give him everything. Church family, I've gone through it, many of you gone through it. We can't hold on to addictions. We can't hold on to habits. We can't hold on to hurts. We cannot hold on to anything. We can't hold on to our sexuality. We can't hold on to our finances. If those things are opposed to what the word of God says, we can't hang on to them or we don't get God's future for our life. We get our future. And we don't want to experience our future, do we? How many of you guys want God's future rather than the future that you can think of? Yeah, me too, absolutely. You know, growing up, I always thought, yeah, you know, I had all those little kid, you know, um, aspirations. I thought, man, I wanna, I wanna do this for a living and I wanna do that for a living. It's crazy, you know, people, people would ask me, you know, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do whenever you grow up? What do you want to do? That was the question they'd ask. What do you want to do? And I'd always be like, you know, uh, well, you know, I'm gonna play football uh, for the Dallas Cowboys. You know, and at this point in life and the shape that I'm in, uh, I could probably still make the team, uh, unfortunately, that we had last year. But there's always this year, okay? There's a future and a hope. But I used to, you know, uh, then, then it moved on to rock star, you know. I was going to play in a rock band, be a rock star for the rest of my life. But the first time that somebody asked me, what are you supposed to do? Because I grew up as a Christian. My granny started taking me when I was church to church when I was seven years old. And so I started serving God. And so I missed a lot of missteps that I could have taken otherwise. And the first time somebody asked me, so what are you supposed to do whenever you grow up? I'll never forget. It was one of my English teachers, crazy. What do you think you're supposed to do when you grow up? Man, it came out of me so fast. I told her, I said, I'm gonna be a pastor, like my pastor, and I named him. And I can't even think about it. And it was nothing that I had ever like spent time thinking about before. It came out of my spirit. So God had a plan for my future that I didn't understand at the time. And she caught me at a time where I was just, just being honest and it just, just came out. And so tonight, I just want you to think about all the things that you've wanted to do in this life. Have they come to pass? And I know that you're gonna think some of those things are disappointing and some of those things have come up short. But then I wanna ask you the question, what are you supposed to do with your life? Like what's the God thing that you're supposed to be doing? 
And the answer, of course, is found in God and family and church and everything else. Like that's the order of what the word of God tells us. And by church, I mean ministry, loving other people, taking care of other people, serving other people. But what is it specifically that you're doing? So we ask God and say, God, I know you're not gonna tell me what exactly my next 15 years looks like, but tell me what to do today. I wanna get to know you. Tell me what to do today. What's the step that I take right now? I wanna live in the present. So many times we go through our lives and we're living our lives and and we go to a, you know, maybe a birthday party or we go hang out with someone and you walk away from it and a week later you can't, even, you can't even remember really what it was that you did. Or maybe you're not even aware of what was going on because you're wrapped up in so many other places in your head. Well, God wants us to be present in these moments, especially the moments that we spend with him. He wants us to be present. Sometimes you just got to turn off the TV. Sometimes you got to put your phone down. And sometimes we just have to just spend time with him. Turn the radio off. Don't make a phone call when you're driving across town. God really gets onto me for that stuff because I'm such a busybody. I'm such a busy person. I want to be productive. But it's constantly, slow down, slow down, slow down. Focus on me. And I know that's what he's talking to all of us about tonight. Let's do what his word says and allow him to direct our life so that we get the future that he's planned for us and experience the goodness that it holds. Let's make decisions today that will allow him to do that in our life. Amen? Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me? As I've been speaking tonight, I know that the Holy Spirit, like, like the scripture said tonight, that all the word is good for instruction and correction. And, and sometimes God needs to teach us and sometimes God needs to get on to us and he knows when that is. And so don't ever question him whenever he's talking to you and he's moving on your heart. Don't, don't ever question the motives of God in these moments. If you're feeling a tug on your heart right now, just open it up and let the Holy Spirit speak to you and tell you what's coming next because this is super important. You have an opportunity right now that if you haven't gotten to know Jesus, if you've never prayed and made him the Lord of your life, or maybe you have but you didn't take it serious, and now you find yourself in your life wondering what's next and what do I do now? Well, the Holy Spirit's telling you, God's telling you tonight, come and follow me, come and serve me, serve God, do what he's asking you to do see how good things are about to get. How the Bible tells us that happens, how we receive salvation, it says, if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is the Lord of your life, that he's the Lord, that he was raised from the dead, if you believe those things, you confess it with your mouth, you'll be saved. Super simple. He just said, just believe and confess it. And so we're all gonna pray tonight. We're gonna pray together and give you an opportunity to confess Jesus is the Lord of your life if that's what you believe. And if you put that belief and that confession together, your life tonight is about to change. And it will change forever if you just continue to follow through. If you just purpose in your heart that you're gonna get to know God every day. 
And so if that's you and, and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you and is moving on your heart, we're, we're all gonna pray here in a moment. Everybody in the whole room, we're all gonna pray with you because you're not in this alone. But if that's you, I would just like you on the count of three to please lift your hand and just let me know that I'm praying with you. If you're ready to take that step and make Jesus the absolute Lord of your life, make him the utmost desire, give him the right to direct your life. If that's you, please lift your hand in one, two, three. Go ahead and lift it. Thank you. Thank you for all those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Hands everywhere. Thank you for those hands. Thank you in the back. I see those hands. Back there, you can put those hands down. Thank you so much. I see that hand too. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Just real quick, because we're about to pray together. Anyone else who wants to pray? Thank you. See that hand in the back. All right, let's pray. With everybody's eyes closed and your heads bowed, please repeat this prayer after me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for loving me so much that you made time for me and created this opportunity for me to make my life right with you. I wanna get to know you as my Savior and as my Lord. I wanna give you the right to direct my life in the way that you see fit. I want to experience all of your goodness. I don't want you to hold anything back from me. So right now, I repent and I ask you to forgive me of all the times that I've sinned against you and I've disobeyed you and I've done others wrong. Father, please forgive me. And I choose to forgive all the people that have done me wrong and I release them to you. Thank you, Jesus, for becoming the Lord of my life tonight. I will serve you every day from now on. I love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Thanks for listening today. If you'd like to find out more about Church on the Move, like our service times, or how you can connect with us, you can visit cotmroswell.com.